I'm Melissa Currents. And I'm Amy Yerstead. And we welcome you to the 20th episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're talking about strategy. Board and committee retreats are happening all over the country this time of year. We want to make sure you have all the tools you need to make the next year impactful. I can't believe we're on our 20th episode already. I didn't think we'd last this long. (laughs) I mean, for real. We're, um, We're doing pretty well. I mean, I think about all the different changes that have happened in the last year. Like, I was on the board. Now I'm not on the board. Now right. you're on the board. Right. <laughs> you know, and then all the different events that we've attended and different yeah. march- marches and rallies and, you know. Government's every- changing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. There's so um, many more, um, like, like the Me Too movements happened. That's true. And that's a good. I mean, it's it's good that people are embracing their power and standing up for what's right and justice. Right. Um, Parkland, I mean. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. They're going to do voter registration, so. Yeah, it's important. I heard that they're really uh, focusing on that because that's really a key to getting people engaged. Yeah, I think it's really important too right now because a lot of people are, are, since they aren't happy with how politics are working out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, people really do feel like their vote doesn't count and 2016 election, you know, conservatives voted and now they're, some of them are saying, what, you know, this, what's happening? And now people are afraid that they won't come out and vote. And so it's like, we need, you know, we need all people just come out and vote. It's, it's, you know, the more people come out, you know, it'll, it'll all work itself out. It's got to reflect us. If we show up, it will reflect us. Yep. That's right. Yep. Instead of just the few, um, we need to have the, it's the law of large numbers. <laughs> just as many people. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So um, on a happy note, this yeah. past week, I got to talk about, um, it was super fun. And I like talking about fun events that get people um, out and, and happy and learning at the same time. So uh, this past week, I held a unbirthday party for Elbridge Gary. Um, which is the master, well, we say he's the mastermind of gerrymandering. Uh, I learned through writing trivia questions that he actually is not. He actually doesn't, he did not support gerrymandering. Um, but since he was the governor of Massachusetts at the time and, uh, his party, the Democratic Republicans had put in the bill to have, you know, everything redistrict, um, in such a way that ensured their win, um, he had to sign the bill, so, but he, like, had some quote that, you know, he thought it was very, you know, disagreeable or wow. something like that. Right, because so, his, because his, it's gerrymandering's a combination of Jerry, him, plus mm-hmm. Salamander. That's right, yep, yep, and so, um, League nerd. it was, yeah, and it, so it was really fun writing the trivia questions, getting to learn all about this guy, and he actually was a pretty good guy. Um, really? Yeah, he like was the only, he's one of the few people that signed the Declaration of Independence and is um he's in, where is he? he's buried in a, like a congressional cemetery. Um he didn't want I don't think he actually uh signed the constitution because he wanted to have the Bill of Rights or some form of Bill of Rights he felt. Oh. Um yeah, so I mean he actually was a good guy. I feel bad that his legacy is all about gerrymandering. <laughs> It's really we got to fight bad. for him too. Like, I know. I was, 
Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I just keep it on the heat <laughs> to, fix, to fix all the um, injustice when it comes to silencing people. But um, yeah, so the so it was called an unbirthday party for Elbridge Gary, and um, I make cute graphics using Canva. And I actually didn't get the idea for a birthday party celebration um, for Elbridge. Uh, that was not something I came up with this awesome idea the league of women voters of maryland they put on an outstanding party last year and then they were going even bigger this year and since i was at their uh council or convention um last month they were talking about it and i saw the flyer and it just looked outstanding and i was i brought the flyer home and it sat on my desk for a while and i was like gosh i really wish that we could do that here in virginia and uh all the planning for a convention and i needed a little escape and i started making graphics and i said I'm going to have a birthday party. Right. We just made it happen. I think maybe I must have given myself two weeks or two and a half weeks of planning this birthday party. And uh, it worked out great. I think we had about 35 people showed up, paid 20 bucks a pop to come in uh, to play. And I had, what did we do? I had a trivia, I made a a giant trivia board with like voting rights, gerrymandering, redistricting, Elbridge Gary or some of the topics, and then we did political Pictionary, and so I just brought my kids' whiteboard and some markers, and somebody helped me come up with the topics, and we had people come and, you know, do Pictionary, and then what the other one was uh, we had the cake, so the restaurant we were at, which is called Claire and Dawn's Beach Shack, they were really excited about us throwing a, this particular issue uh, at their venue and so they gave us the cake for free and they I asked them to have it in the shape of Virginia and they did and so then we gerrymandered the crap out of <laughs> the cake so uh, you can check the pictures out on my Facebook page for League of Women Voters of Falls Church it's pretty cute and then I think the most proud uh, like game that we had which was I kind of came up with last minute and I was a little worried uh, how it would come off if people would be okay with it or not but I, I, so I had broken everybody up in the teams initially. I had them come up with a campaign poster for their names because when they answered trivia questions and whatnot, they needed to like raise their flag. And so that's what the poster was for. And so those teams, I broke up at the ends and I, we had a competition for a 15 second elevator speech. And so in Virginia, the General Assembly's meeting in January, end of January, early February, uh, to go through their bills and you know, that's when gerrymandering is going to come up. And so we I, we need people to talk to their legislators and talk about how and why we want an ind- a nonpartisan independent redistricting commission. And so the competition was that the teams had to, they had like 10 minutes to come up with their 15-second elevator speech, and then they would present it to the whole room. And luckily, it was so lucky that a woman, her name is Delegate Vivian Watts, who came to the event unannounced more or less and when she was there I'm like oh my gosh this is amazing so I'm gonna put her to work so first I had her speak a little bit and apparently she wants redistricting reform and she told us how her district has been gerrymandered left and right over the years and then she uh, also told us that she's the longest serving woman in the House of Delegates in Virginia which is super exciting and she said that she's a former president of the League of Women Voters of Fairfax. So I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. And she's <laughs> apparently still currently a League member, and that's really nice. great. Nice. And so I said, okay, well, we're going to, since we're having this elevator speech, and the whole idea is to have this speech for electeds, 
will you be our judge? And um, so she agreed to be the judge. And so all the teams had to come up and present to her. And then she got to choose who had the best uh, 15 second speech. And so um, it worked out so, I mean, just so lucky. So great. Yeah, it was awesome. It's a little like civics lesson too. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, everything was kind of, I mean, other than the the Pictionary, um, everything was about learning. So the trivia questions, people got to learn. I really tried to make sure the trivia questions were uh, thoughtful. So talking about, like, what re- what different kinds of commissions there are and what other states have commissions and um, just, you know, like, whose, whose voices are silenced and talking about voting rights and things like that. So... I tried to make sure there was a lot of thoughtfulness throughout so people were learning new information and having fun at the same time. So, yeah. So anyways, long story. Worked out really well. It was also, uh, I had partnered up with uh, another organization that does redistricting reform. Uh, and so it was an awesome opportunity for the two of our organizations to thank all of our volunteers for all their work that they have done thus far, but then also to tell them that we still have, you know, a journey together working on this issue. For our Deeds Not Words segment, it's all about strategy and focusing on outcomes. So I have to say, when I was on the national board, this was one of the very first things that we did, which is have a like a planning strategy session. We talked about the mission statement, we talked about the vision statement, and how how do we get the whole organization uh, focused, you know, under this umbrella of empowering voters, defending democracy. So, Melissa, I'm sure you'll probably do the same thing when you have your national board retreats and meetings, yep. constantly thinking about the strategy and also reevaluating, making sure that, you know, you are on track for, you know, during your term. So it's it's good. I think it's really exciting. Local leagues, uh, state leagues, other organizations, um, I think that having a one-day you know, to come together to talk about your overall strategy is really important so that you don't feel like you're constantly, you know, chasing your tail, coming after every shiny thing. Um, and then also it makes it easier for you to say no. So when other organizations come up to you and say, we really want to work on this, will you help us or do you want to participate? There's got to be a time when you're like, this This does not fit into our strategy. And it's really good to do it when the board is new. So when your um, board is first elected, it's a good time to do that because then you get to know everybody better. And also um, anybody that's new kind of can see where the organization's going. So it's a really great time uh, right after annual meeting to start thinking about this. So there's a couple of things that in this episode that I wanted to make sure that we cover for the strategy and prioritizing. And that is, so the whole idea of the strategy is to think big picture. So this is your opportunity because oftentimes throughout the year, we're thinking about different programs that we might be putting on, you know, like I'm focused on redistricting. So each month I might be thinking redistricting, but those monthly events is part of a larger pro, like a larger strategy in the whole idea of redistricting reform in in Virginia, for instance. Um, So this one day or two day planning session is all about thinking big picture, forcing your your team to get into a space where you're thinking about goals and outcomes and data and what does success look like. And so so some of the topics that uh, we'd like to kind of briefly discuss on this episode are thinking about the big picture, your goals and outcomes, uh, what does success look like, uh, how to collect, you know, why you would want to collect data, 
defining your audience. I think in league and you know other organizations, I think that thinking about audience is really helpful as well as important. Uh, a couple of tools that we're going to talk about, and then know you know when you're coming up with working through the strategy, knowing what your resources are, what you have in the budget, developing your bench, so making sure that you're intentional about developing new leaders, and staying focused, understanding what the issues are that your team is working on in the strategy. So, so let's go back up. It's a lot so we, to cover. It is, yeah, I know, right? Totally. <laughs> Uh, so in this, so kind of put yourself, imagine you and your team are sitting in a room around the table, you got post-it notes and markers and all that good stuff. And you're thinking, okay, and today let's, we're going to write down our mission statement, empowering voters, defending democracy. You know, you live, you know, wherever it is that you live, thinking about your community, thinking about some of the issues that are going on, thinking about the electoral process, how does all of that fit in that mission statement and you have you know as a board you have a year or two years um, that you're planning for you're thinking about this the strategy so if you're working on you know automatic voter registration or you're working on redistricting a form or money in politics thinking about these big issues thinking about your organization the health of the organization you're sitting down and talking to your board one of the first exercises that you might want to start with is a SWOT. Um, and it's a business term. A lot of pe- a lot of businesses do this kind of thing. It's a SWOT, the successes, weaknesses, opportunity, and threats. And it's a really good exercise to just kind of uh, figure out what the lay of the land is for your organization. And there's some truth, like truth time to really like uh, a lot of times uh, they say that you got to know what's really the truth as opposed to what you want to be the truth mm. and so uh exercise like this can really get you like um you know face facts like what what is really happening well and i would think too this is a really great time for some some reflection especially thinking you can think about like what what did the last one year or five years look like in your organization and where were some of the challenges uh so the swap part the success and weaknesses those are really internal facing so you're thinking about you know maybe your committee structure maybe thinking about you know we just didn't have enough money to do all the great things we wanted or we you know we're, maybe we weren't thinking big enough um and then the opportunities and strengths are external so what opportunities are there in the democracy space in your community or in your state and what are some of the threats like right now i think a threat that most of us could identify and as a you know, being members of a nonpartisan organization is how do we maintain our nonpartisanship mm-hmm. in a place that, you know, in an environment that's so polarized, but then also recognizing that if we're not in certain spaces, we're not relevant. And so trying to balance this relevancy with this, you know, being nonpartisan. And, and that's a very tricky thing that I think every board in the league has got to talk about mm-hmm. yeah. um, when those situations come up. So, I agree. I love the SWAT. I think it is a very, very valuable tool, and um, that it's 
it doesn't take very long to, to do it, but uh, it, I think it's well worth the time that you spend doing it. So right. make sure, write that down, people. SWAT. <laughs> Strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. <laughs> and we'll put some links on our show notes about uh, SWOT analysis, but you can also Google it because, I mean, there's so many videos and great resources on how to do it. You don't need anybody to, um, you know, you don't necessarily need like a consultant to come in and run that. Yeah, everything that we're going to talk about today is not consultant stuff because yeah we get it we don't have any money for that kind of stuff so so another great tool so after you get through that SWOT you might want to work through SMART which is another acronym for another tool and SMART is coming up it's for your goals when you're thinking about goals you want to be you want your goals to be specific you want them to be measurable you want them to be achievable relevant and time bound. So I think all the words are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it's this is you know when we're planning, you know we're thinking in our strategy. We have some goals. You know maybe it's we want to register. You know say three thousand new people this year. You're gonna try to you know you'll have your. It's a very specific goal. You can definitely measure that. You know is it achievable? You know thinking about the high schools and colleges and the communities and you know other organizations. Uh, is that an achievable goal? Is it relevant? I would say it's absolutely relevant with the 2018 election coming up. And is it time bound? Like I said, it's absolutely time bound. You got a 2018 election coming up. Uh, so that's just one example. But you know, I, yeah, it's a. This is great for when you're thinking um, for your planning, your strategic planning meeting. And I've been involved with a lot of nonprofit organizations where. Like when you're brainstorming, you come up with so many ideas, it's overwhelming. So when you do an exercise like this, you really get to focus down and you can like uh, bite off and, and, and chew on a few things, not like everything. Because when you make decisions on what your focus is going to be, it really helps you achieve your mission. And, I, you know, I didn't, I was just, when you're thinking, saying that, I was just thinking about how the league last year came up with the strategy screen. So the National League, when uh, the Women's March, the very first Women's March came up and we were trying to decide whether this is uh, something that the League should participate in because we weren't, at the time, we weren't sure if it was partisan or nonpartisan and all this stuff. So uh, we had come up with the strategy screen. So that's another great piece to add to your strategic planning session would be the strategy screen. Uh, This would basically, you know, when things come up, you know, maybe you have like reoccurring events, you put that through that screen and it'll help you answer whether that's something that you should continue doing or not. Um, so we'll, we'll post a link uh, to the strategy screen as well. Yes. And if you're a new board member, that's a great question to always ask. How does this affect our mission? That's such a great question that like we should always be asking. Is this worth our time? Are we going to achieve the results that we're seeking? That is really good. And if you're yeah. new, it so- you sound pretty smart. Yeah, (laughs) we like that. But yeah, I mean, and so this, I I think this also, it's a good way to, a good time to pivot is the audience. Um, Because sometimes when we're asking, is this irrelevant or is this something we should be doing? A lot of times that has to do with the people that we serve um, or who who should we be serving? So, you know, we're a League of Women Voters. We empower voters. We defend democracy. And oftentimes I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't voting and we're maybe not out there reaching. We're not going into different communities where we know there's low propensity voters. So by going to like your library or going to the farmer's market, you know, if 
as much as I love being at the farmer's market, those are probably already engaged voters. Just go as an individual to different uh, events. And then when you know you start developing a relationship with these different um, entities, they get to start to get to know you and find out what you're about. And then you tell them I'm in the league. And then, oh, and this is what I like to do. And then pretty soon you got you know possibly a new relationship where you can start creating a partnership um, on things like you know voter registration and candidate forums and whatnot. We're working with a local mosque and so we like I I wasn't good today I didn't go we had a cup of tea and I wasn't sure if it was canceled or not but typically I try to go to the cup of tea and then you know by doing that you know we've gotten to learn about what we each other do and need and how we can support one another and then, you know, we asked if we could help with voter registration at a Taste of Islam event, and they said, okay, and so we came, and then now we're meeting to talk about what other ways we can help, you know, champion each other and support one another's, um, in, you know, political engagement opportunities. And so it's, that's what it is, it's just one step at a time, you know, supporting and talking and sharing what we each have going on. And that is a community that, you know, I want to help. I, I don't see sometimes these communities in um, our candidate forums or them having candidate forums. And so it's like maybe we can offer them training and they could host their own candidate forums. Or maybe we can t work together um, on a collective candidate forum. And so I think that's what we have to be thinking as the league is who, who do we serve? We are the League of Women Voters, empowering voters. Who need who could use some you know tools or who wants some information we are ninjas when it comes to moderating candidate forums and putting on candidate forums and so maybe we have a skill set that we could help others develop uh, and mm -hmm. so um, I think that that's something it's a little bit of a paradigm shift and in that instead of us always expecting people to come to our events um, maybe by hosting a training and having them put on their own events. Right. Yeah, so I think in this strategic planning session, define your audience. I think that we need to know, and this is also you need to know it for your communication outreach. Uh, like I love Facebook, but I probably the people that are most watching my Facebook are a lot of people who are already engaged. So what are some other ways that I need to communicate that we have these different events going on? You know, the like the woman who I'm working with in, from the mosque, she has a listserv of like 10 or 15,000 people. I'm not reaching those people on, on Facebook and I'm not reaching them through my traditional channels of an email um, newsletter push. So those are some things that, you know, as an organization, we have to, we got to start understanding that there's, we're missing a lot of people and we need to have these strategic planning sessions so that we can start talking about how we can reach more people who do we want, you know, to make sure that they feel empowered, that they have the tools, um, you know, to, to, def to defend democracy and, and to feel empowered? Okay. The problem, the thing is, is that if we want democracy to truly work and we want more people voting and we want those people who are going to vote to vote informed and feel confident that they know the issues when they go to the polls and they know that the people who they're voting for have the same issues that they care about at heart. Then we need to we need to start making friends. We need to reach outside our bubbles, right. and that means doing. That's that's where the hard work comes in. Is that you, we have to get over ourselves, get out of our comfort zone, and make new friends. Right. So if you're if your league is thinking like, oh, there are no like no one's different than who we are, we need to look harder. And that's right. Try, try more things. 
Yep. I think that's absolutely, that's why I say go, go to different churches, go to different community events, go to things that, you know, you would not ever normally go. And, you know, at the strategic planning meeting, it might be good to set some goals as in we are going to every single month as a board, each of us is going to go to a new church or a new community festival or, you know, a new neighborhood civic meeting or something. And so we going to be intentional about stepping out of our bubbles and going to other places and learning what other people are doing because we don't have all the answers but it, collectively our communities are doing such amazing things and we probably don't even know that they're happening and then once we learn about what they're ha- having what they're doing we might see that there's there's a place where we could offer a skill set or we can offer a candidate forum or we could help run an election and that's that's what we have to do instead of, you know, continuing on month after month after month with, you know, these great programs. They're fantastic. But, you know, sometimes you get, yeah, you, sometimes you get the same, you know, 25 to 55 people in the room, you know, and the same 300 people might watch it on Facebook if you're lucky. But those are the people that are oftentimes already engaged and, you know, they know what's coming. We want we want democracy to truly work. And that means that we all need to feel empowered and confident when it goes when it comes to the polling place. Okay, so we kind of talked about okay, so we talked about the big picture thinking. Uh, We talked about how we get together and talk about smart creating goals and outcomes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We talked about the audience. Who do you want to serve? Who do you already serve? And talked about finding new audience that you haven't considered in the past. So along these kinds of lines, you want to also talk about what does success look like. So if you come up with the goals, you're talking about your audience, you know, you did your SWOT, all that stuff. So what does success look like? What does success look like when you're thinking about that mission statement? You're thinking about the vision statement. We know the vision statement, which, um, you know, we ensure people, we want to have, make sure people have like the confidence, the knowledge, the means, all that stuff to be able to participate in democracy. So what does success look like within that vision statement that you can actually achieve? And so maybe, like I said, maybe it is registering such and such people, or maybe maybe your board does decide to say, you know, each month we're going to go to a new, you know, a new part of our community that we haven't um, engaged with before. I mean, that could be a success in itself right there. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to, you know, maybe you got some policy changed or maybe you completed a study. So you want to have some small wins because we all feel really good when we get something, when we get to ch- check this off and, and call it a win. But you also want to collect data. So whenever you're looking at success, part of what feeds into that feeling of success is that you have some numbers to back it up. And so you want to say, okay, we could, we had five forums this year. And of those forums, you know, we had 600 people or 500 people showed up and we broadcasted it and we had X amount of people that watched it. And so when you collect that data, which you really do want to collect it because that's going to tell your story. Now you can use that data and you can tell your members and you can tell your donors and you can share it to your coalition partners and talk about how you're doing this amazing work. And then if you share that data with your state and the National League, and we all are doing that, then we can tell this amazing collective story about what we're all doing and what the entire organization is doing to defend democracy and empower voters. I mean, that would really put us on the map if we were all doing that and sharing Mm -hmm. that collective story. Yep, and reporters love that and supporters love that too. Yeah, yep. Uh, Melissa, do you have any 
good ideas about how to collect that data and put it in a place to dump it so that you mm. got it? I mean, other than maybe Google Docs, is there a... Um, well, there's Google Docs, like there's tools like SurveyMonkey. Um, like if you have if you have a like a voter uh, registration campaign going, like you can use the same survey link. So the people who are doing the voter registration, they can just go in and fill that out real fast. Like how many voter registrations did we collect? Any kind of collaboration, like if you had Dropbox or something that someone maybe just wrote up a, a quick, this is what we did um, at this event. Um, we, I just had an event last week about uh, immigration. We counted how many people attended and then how many people who were not members. And so mm. that was such a real powerful, like, oh, like an awakening of like, oh, this is like, we're reaching new people. When you're collecting that data, consider using SurveyMonkey, consider using Google, make a Google survey, and or consider using Dropbox. And I'm sure there's other tools out there, so explore, but make sure that you're intentional about collecting that data and sharing that data throughout League and then also with your donors, your members, and reporters. And coalition partners as well. So we got that. And then we want to make sure that, you know, resources and events and planning, all this stuff um, is is part of your resources. So like your budget. You want to make sure that your budget reflects your need um, for your resources. And so what is your fundraising going to look like? And that's got to be part of your strategic planning is fundraising, fundraising, fundraising. As we said before, Alice Paul couldn't get anything done without <laughs> constantly going back and doing some fundraising. And that was her. Amy. Mm-hmm. I finished the book and um, it uh, the Woman's Hour, and it struck me how many telegrams went back and forth asking for money. Was like yeah, immediate. Like at least we don't have to do telegrams. But yeah, like, right. <laughs> you know, dire straits. We need this money to get this passed. I mean, it's she did yep. that like all the time. She was. You know, really though, Western nothing's Union. changed. It's just online now. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's tapping out those telegrams. We're tapping out emails and tweets. Yep, that's but, right. So, yeah. but yeah. So I mean, take a take a note from Alice Paul's book, and that fundraising is part of all of it. And you can't you can't get this work done without constantly asking your donors and your members and your other partners for some money. Also, with your resources. A lot of this stuff can't happen without training. And so this is also goes back to building that bench. You have to make sure that your members who are who want to volunteer and to put on all of these programs or fight for those issues, that they feel confident in their abilities. And that comes with training. So if you need to do communications committee training or if you need to do moderator, you know, hosting a forum kind of training, voter registration training, you know, people like to feel like they know how to do something. They want to feel confident and competent. So do some training. Spend some time developing and investing in your people. And if you can send them out, sometimes there's other organizations do fabulous training. League, we don't have all the answers, like I said. And sometimes these other organizations do. So uh, do have a budget that you can send some of your people to go to other organizations for some of their great training as well. There's a lot of great online training. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Absolutely. There's everything from organizing to communications to fundraising. Um, Nonprofit Vote does some great trainings, and those are free. Make sure you check those out as well. You can do it from your home in your pajamas. (laughs) Uh, And then also a a resource is know who your partners are and know who your potential partners are. So uh, it doesn't cost money. 
all the time. Sometimes it does cost money when you're in a partnership with, you know, another organization, another organization. So if you're, you know, if you're what in Ohio and you guys are doing a ballot initiative, being part of that partnership might cost you some money. Um, but it'll be worth it. So just make sure that you put it into your budget and you have a uh, fundraising plan for it. Okay. And so I think one other big thing is to make sure that you stay focused. So in the league, this is kind of, I think after the national, my experience on the national board, I have a whole new appreciation for staying focused. I remember, you know, I think most, I don't know if you have this feeling, but you know, over the years of being in the league, you like reflect on some of your time and you're like, dang, I really screwed up on that one. Yeah, yeah. You, you get better. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I made, I, in my time, I have made some mistakes. <laughs> no doubt. And um, so like some of my mistakes, <laughs> I'll confess, my confession period. <laughs> I remember I would recruit people when I was in Michigan. I say, oh yeah, the league, we've done, we do everything. What, what's your issue? What's your issue? We can work on that issue for sure. Um. So, like, it'd be, like, walkability. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We totally could have a position on walkability. We could do a study on that. Mm. Yeah. What does that have to do with the electoral process or money in politics or voter suppression or or any of the things that help people feel competent and confident and have the means to vote or defend democracy? As much as I love to have walkability, I think it's very important, the league might not be the place for that study, right. at least not this time. And since I was in Michigan and we are a gerrymandered state with serious money in politics, dark money situation, uh, voter ID, it's, you know, walkability is not a great position for us to study. So you have to make sure that you stay focused. Go back to that mission statement and re- be reminded of why we were here. Why are these new people coming to the League of Women Voters? Because they believe the electoral process is worth fighting for. They believe that there needs to be some changes so that it's more equitable and people feel like their vote actually counts. And so um, I think that staying focused and revisiting what that mission statement is and what that vision statement is will, will really help you. Mm-hmm. And then... In that strategy, you want to make sure that you have benchmarks and and you go back to them quarterly and make sure that you're reading, reaching your goals, assessing where you've gone and where you're going, um, and just assess your progress. And uh, pat yourself on the back for those little wins and look forward to those bigger wins as they come. So, And I would say that focus is one of the best tools that we have because when we have so many issues we can't do that all well. And I think as as an organization over the 100 years, we have gone in a lot of different directions and not that we didn't need to do that, but having that focus just claims our power. Yep, yep. And I think that because there's so much happening in this democracy space that it's okay to focus on just a few issues right now. And, you know, when people see the name, the League of Women Voters, like, they think voters, they, they think voting. A, yeah, they have something in mind. Might as well yep. capitalize Just, on that. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, yeah, it, and it's hard because you, you think that, like, there's so much happening right now with this administration or in your state or even in your town. You might have all kinds of issues. It could be, you know, mosquito abatement. It could be zoning. It could be a lot of different issues. And we're not. I'm not saying that you shouldn't be looking at those issues and staying on top of it, but also recognize that the core to democracy right now really is is um, shifting under our feet when it comes to so many 
you know, voter suppression tactics that are happening and the money in politics. And, you know, if you're in one of the states that's been gerrymandered, there's a lot of really important. And if we don't feel like, you know, as voters, if our voice is not really being counted, you know, or it's being suppressed by either policy or money, um, you know, zoning is, is doesn't really matter because I'm not going to be able to vote at the ballot box anyway. So, and I am, um, I'm part of another civic organization, and one of the things that we have is an action agenda. And I know state, a lot of state leagues have an action agenda, and national obviously has the action agenda of making democracy work. But um, having an action agenda as a local league can be powerful because let's say you have all these committees, let's say you have a walkability committee, let's just mm-hmm. say we did. Then if you have an action agenda, it could be through that lens of making democracy work. Like, how can we make walkability <laughs> focus on that or climate change or like you can still be part of the bigger issue, even if mm-hmm. you have these other committees. Yeah. And I mean, that's I guess that really is where I should take it back. So, you know, everybody might, you know, you come to the league and you're like, well, you have this whole book full of these positions. And I think you're right. Look through it through the lens of the campaign to make democracy work. Look through it through the electoral lens like how does the walkability translate back to voting you know and so you know maybe there's some candidates that don't support it well maybe you could reflect that in you know vote for if you use vote forum one you know having questions you know do you support or what kind of policies will you support for walkability i don't know but not that i want that one somebody maybe somebody does uh, right but um but like just having that lens of everybody's working towards this goal that we all agree on I mean, you can really, I mean, that's when real change happens. You can take little pieces of this one issue and, like, really get something done. I mean, really, would we have ever gotten the right to vote if we were out there clawing at all these different issues at the time? No. Or (laughs) because so many women were so focused on getting the right to vote, that's, you know, we got it. It took us 70-some years to finally get it, but we got it. (laughs) So it's um, focus, focus, focus can get a lot done. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I guess we can kind of, we'll review a little bit. Um, make sure, okay, that you set some time, sometime this summer with your board and committee chairs or anybody who wants to participate in a strategic planning meeting. Make it a full day. Have some lunch. Make it two days if you got some extra time and some money. You know, come up with some goals, outcomes that you're wanting to achieve. Consider your audience. Uh, you want to make sure you know what success looks like. And have a plan to collect data and share data. Uh, Talk about the resources that you have, the resources that you'll need to acquire. Talk about how you will be intentional about building your bench, developing your leadership, investing in your people, giving them new responsibilities. You're going to, you know, maybe consider using the SWOT tool, which is, again, success, weaknesses, opportunities, and strengths, as well as the SMART tool, which is coming up with goals that are specific measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. Stay focused. Yeah, focus. <laughs> yes. Can we stay focused? I don't know. <laughs> and I think if you got through this list... You're kicking it, amazing. man. You're like, you'd be amazed at what you can get done. Oh my gosh, you'll kick ass all year long. <laughs> but uh, just imagine, you'll be looking back one year from now like we are at 20 episodes and thinking, wow. what amazing stuff that you covered in that year so so cheers to that have a fantastic strategic planning meeting
This is your activist action alert. This is a peeing in their boots moment. We're talking today about the census. It's only a year and a half away. Census day is April 1st, 2020, and everything is on the line. Education, transportation, healthcare, energy, redistricting, redistricting, <laughs> everything, everything is on the line. Census means dollars for your community. And the most underrepresented group in the census are children five years and younger. That's education dollars right there. Yes, it's huge. And because of the rhetoric coming out of Congress and the executive branch, people are going to be freaked out about answering the census questions, especially people who live in mixed status households. In other words, households with some citizens and some non-citizens. And as of the recording of this episode, the citizenship question is throwing a huge xenophobia wrench on the form, and that's what it is a scare tactic to get our diverse communities to not answer the form, and therefore those communities will not be represented. Literally, they'll be erased, which means no money and no voice. So to pee in their boots, we need all hands on deck to start forming coalitions with immigrant rights groups, churches, civics groups, and other social service agencies and other organizations. We all have a part to play to make sure every person is counted. Every single person. LWV has started an action kit, and many other organizations are creating toolkits and coalitions now, and some with their state leadership. So now is the time to start strategizing how to get every person in your community and your state counted in the census. Few things are more American than the census. It's in the Constitution, for goodness sakes. Mm. This is Melissa Currents. And this is Amy Yersted. We ask, what would Alice Paul do? But it's more important what you're going to do. Think big. Don't just calendar and create events month by month. Think strategically. Think how the calendar, the data, the people, the money, the visibility, and the politics fit into the bigger picture of your mission work. Tap into the HR resources like using SWAT and SMART to prioritize desired outcomes. And for the love of American Pie, Add the census into your strategy session. Until next time. It's going to be amazing. And you're going to look back. <laughs> I could totally say ass. It's the Alice Paul podcast. <laughs> true, true.